When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Well, hello and welcome to the Ramon Foster Show, brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where they're open for business 24-7, serving hot, fresh food. Hi, Moan. Hey, DK. How are you? I'm okay. I have these new glasses. Do they look funny? Do they look like librarian type? They, they look glasses? like they fit you. No, those are pretty good. You know, right. most people get like this eccentric looking glasses, like perfect circle glasses that look like that. You got a reasonable pair of glasses that fit your square <laughs> face. That's what you got right there. Okay. So sweet. <laughs> By the way, if. This conversation we're happening in Latrobe right now. Yeah. And the Steelers were stretching on the field in front of us. Yeah. And one big 73 were to yeah. rise up in the yeah. middle of the field like the Phoenix from the ashes. What yeah. would he be shouting out to the masses? Deontay, you got paid. <laughs> <laughs> Those of us who witnessed when Cam Hayward got his last extension, this actually happened. Ramon standing up in the middle of the field like a scarecrow. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody else is down stretching. (laughs) There's Moan. Cam got paid. That's a celebration, man. Like, I'm excited for Deontay because I remember seeing him being a young guy, a super quiet. Out of Toledo. Out of Toledo. You know, not really knowing where he was going to fit in at that time. Did he actually have a place, DK? He, yeah, he, exactly. He, he did in the sense that everyone wanted him to be a B. Okay. Yeah. Remember yeah. that? Uh-huh. I do. But, and that was going to be tough. 100%. There was nobody going to replace a B. Like, you got to be the next you. And he has, you know, a little bit of his struggles early on trying to figure out. And I remember health being part of him. As far, I think it was his ankle or something that was popping up at the time. He just wasn't able to show what he actually was. Right. And, and now to get to this point and him honestly just being a cool young guy, man, is one of the few guys I've met that just stayed the same, like super chill, laid back, but is a hard worker. That's the one thing I've always kind of appreciated about Deontay. One of the, the the quiet, confident types. You know, he is that. And I'm excited for him. Coming from the small school, like you said, like Toledo, being early around draft pick and finally having it work out for him uh, as far as the pay goes. And I'll say this again, like this is a celebration day, which is why I always kind of made it a point for those guys. All right, let's, you know, get the elephant out of the room. Here he is right here. He's got it. 
We're excited for him because everybody dreams of that day and that moment. And for it to happen in camp um, while doing a hold-in, it's some cool stuff, DK. No, it, there's, it's, it, it, there's a situation that calls for stuff like Ramon standing up in the <laughs> middle of the field because – and I was there that day and watched this, and and I know that the only person on the field who didn't react was, of course, ninety seven himself, okay, because yeah. oh, oh, I'm super serious, Cam. Okay, but <laughs> but it's true, okay, that you need yeah. to kind of cut the tension there, yeah. and that goes double. Boy, am I glad you brought that up with the hold in thing. Um, yeah. You know, I, I was out in Latrobe yesterday, and I watched Deontay. On, on one hand, he'd be as soon as there was a team drill, he'd go off to the side and do I something know, else. Man. And then he, there's one on ones, or even just you know running down the field by himself. Yeah. And you could tell there was just a little bit of extra energy to to what he was doing because he he <laughs> wanted to be involved. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is not. I'm really glad you brought this part up. Someone who changes. He's not one of those wide receiver divas, no. to say no. the least, is he? No, he's not. And I say this in a sense, and he may he may feel differently about what I'm saying, but because uh, he's very sure of himself, but I don't think he knows what he don't know, meaning he's very talented. He just come from a small school and had to play next to guys and behind guys to where now he's honestly like last year was his first year. I feel like being number one, DK, you know, even when Juju was there, it was still like, well, Juju's number one, even though people view Juju as a two and Deontay was the one. And then you bring in Chase Claypool, a guy who's relatively as young as he is. So it's, it's really a matter of fighting for that number one position. And now your pay actually tells you, hey, hey, Mitch, hey, hey, Kenny, hey, right Mason, here. Right hey, here. Hey, I'm. They paid me mm. to catch balls, okay? <laughs> and all of you know it now, okay? So yeah, it solidified him as a one, DK. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. And by the way, we haven't even mentioned the numbers. Let's do that since you're a numbers yeah. guy. Uh, his numbers term is that he has a two year contract extension. Yeah, with a total value of thirty six point seven one million. Uh, 27 million of the deal is guaranteed. Yeah. Now, when we say extension, we can mean a lot of different things, but this is basically a three-year contract term. That's the way to look at it. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It is. I mean, and what's what's even cooler about it? You got 27 uh, guaranteed, man. And and I was excited about that. And the other part too, we've seen as of late the last three wide receivers, four wide receivers, including Deontay, Terry McLaurin. DK Metcalf and Debo Samuels, if he's running back or wide receiver, mm-hmm. they've signed three-year deals. Deontay essentially signs the two. You said is recognized as a three. These guys get the opportunity to go back into the market, but it'll be interesting to see, DK, and this is a bigger conversation to have at some point in time, is with the price of the wide receiver going up so high and with the money that's going to other positions like quarterback. Like tackles now. No, there's there's going to be a bubble to it. Is there this, has to be. Is yeah. this going to be the method? Get three years out of them and then go find another one in the draft because that's where we're at. The draft is sending out guys that are pretty much NFL ready for the most part at the wide receiver position. One contract and you're probably not going to get much more after that because what's after Deontay at 18 a year? It's 24, 25, 26 a year. Uh, so that's right. where it's at right now. And right behind him is Chase Claypool. Well, the the interesting thing for me about the way this extension breaks down is that if you look over the recent deals, the mega deals yeah. that have been signed, 
most of them came for a lot more years yeah. than what Deontay got. And that, to me, feels like, from the team perspective, the concession that's made. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the, the team would have needed that from the player. The team was not about to go doing one of these six-year, seven-year, whatever, pay yeah. the guy till he's 31. Uh, and, and that's that's where I give both sides, including the player, credit for giving a little bit. Because there's, you know, there's an understanding, I think, that Deontay is, I don't know where the Steelers see him, if they see him as a top 10 receiver, but his statistics were top 10. Yeah, they were. Do you follow me? Meaning yes. in the league. I, and, and, I agree. And if you do that, I mean, and that's when you do the contract, well, you know, come on. You know, yeah. figure, figure something out. And it sounds like they really, really did. And they did. And this is a, this is the one knocker, I guess, before we close up the segment, too, is those guys are already recognized as number ones on their team, too. A.J. Brown, Terry McLaurin, D.K. Metcalf and Debo Samuels. And I, I'm, I'm looking at the idea that they pay. They said to Deontay, I know you want what they got, but you're not where they are as far as our team concerns are. And that's like you said, that bit of compromise with that two for 18 a year was the sweet spot for both sides. And that DK, you look at it and you say, that's a good negotiation because both sides felt like they could have got either more or less. And you're like, all right, we're, we're here now. When we come back, I want to talk about Robert's play. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster show. We'll talk a little about Robert Spillane. This is a guy who kind of flies under the radar. Uh, for probably most football fans and probably kind of should. But he he keeps getting thrust into the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's an accident, Moan. Uh, whenever uh, Terrell Austin said yesterday that he's looking at the inside linebacker situation, he said, look, if we're playing in Cincinnati tomorrow, it would be Devin Bush and Miles Jack. Okay. But, wow. yeah. but... Robert Spillane is right there. Uh-huh. Why do they why do they constantly do that with him? I mean, do we really think that Robert Spillane is a starter in the NFL? Well, he has. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's made plays in the NFL. I, I, I think you look at it, DK, or we're looking at it. They're looking at it as if, okay, he has some capabilities, but not all the ones that we love. He has the ability to get in and stop the run game, play the run well, but we can't leave him out there on third down. We can't leave him out there in second and long. We, You know, his 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 assets that he brings to the game are good enough situationally. And the fact that he, what he brings on special teams, DK, is keeping him around along with those things that he does at his position. I like Rob. Rob is a hard worker. I will say this about Robert Spillane. Spillane is one of those dudes that comes out of the Mac, man. He's a big body linebacker that you need around in case you have to go big package to get a big time stop in the game where you know they're trying to run and turn the clock out. But he's a guy also, DK, that can be a liability and won't be able to do the entire game unless injuries come up. He's a security blanket. That's why you keep him. You keep him also because he's a cheaper prospect. That's another asset of of having him on the team, too. But with all of that being said, why do they continually brag about him and say he's in this, you know, this battle as far as who's going to start up the middle? Well, he's gradually getting better. You know, you look at him and says professionally, he has gotten better. His college tape was good enough to get him a shot. And now he's in a position where 
given time in the offseason, able to study the game, able to be a part of a team for a long time. He understands our system. He has the ability to play when we need him to. So there's value in that. He was able to get better over the time. That's one thing Pittsburgh always does with guys, man, is if they have a good core, you're able to stay around DK and create a role. And depending on when your performance at those roles fall off, that's when you get cut. Well, that's the thing that I wanted to ask you about as it related to Spillane more than anything else. You have been part of that culture for a decade. Yeah. And you've seen certain players be put in that specific role where they can, I don't want to say that they, they get used. Okay. Yeah. But there's, there's something to be said for having that hammer to hold over the anvil to hang over everybody's head that says, listen, if you don't perform it, we don't, we're not forced to play you. Okay. We have someone else who's happy to come in and do it. If you don't, you know what I'm saying? Why why do they hold the hammer? Why? That's the team DK. Mm -hmm. That's the business side that we don't speak of. I mean, you look at the situations where quarterbacks stick around. You're like, we got to be looking for Ben's replacement. No, that guy in that room is probably better for the culture. The guy in that room that they decide to keep around and play is probably a little bit more disciplined. Like, it's very finite in how you go about who makes your team and why they stay around. I think Spillane's biggest value, DK, has been because of special teams. And I think a lot of guys that are put in those situations is because of those same things, because of those same things. And there's nothing wrong with it. It may seem a little messy. It may seem like we should be getting better. But if you bring in a different person, you got to reteach them. When you're not ready to the guy that's in front of them is probably going to play the majority of the time. And then you look at the idea, DK, that they're just cheaper veteran labor. And that's a part of this business, too. There's that. And there's also something else. I What's really that? believe this. I don't think this defense can proceed from step A to step B without being 100 percent sure it can stop the run. And I think if you challenge your inside linebackers and say, listen, if you are either unable or unwilling to stop the run, we're going to sit one of you and we're going to put in somebody who, again, is all too happy to do that. Do you see what I'm saying? Well, you can't just be the 2022 inside NFL linebacker. You've got to be someone who is eager and enthusiastic to stop the run. And I hate to keep using this this all the time, and I don't use it all the time, but I bring it up in this type of situation. One of the things that pushed me was a guy that I thought was actually like going to upseat me out of my my starting position was BJ. His was the same situation. And to your point, DK, with the group that we had, had they probably put him in, if I was below the line or they – Threatened me with that. He'd probably play well because the cast was good, too. But what they realized I brought to it that kept me around in the starting position was I played well. I was consistent. And those group of guys loved the heck out of me. And the room in the building did, too. There's value in it. BJ was that type of guy. What happened a year or two after I'm gone? Like, he's not a starter. They go draft a guy. Why? Because they did. it. And I mean, why? Because they could. That's you. I, I tell you all the time, like the way the makeup of this team kind of gets sometime and how Coach Tomlin handles his staff and handles his players. There is probably about five, ten players that's comfortable on the team. Minka, Cam, 
What, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, TJ, Najee. Now Deontay. Deontay. <laughs> Chase Claypool even. Okay. Uh, okay. Question about Pat Frymuth. He's good. Just naming off it's guys. It's a short like list. Alex Highsmith. It's a short list it's of comfortability, really right? short list, yeah. You walk into camp. I got my video game. I got my TV. I got my foot massager. They're good, right? But everybody else, the way Coach Tomlin treats that roster, and he doesn't have to say it, but he creates that environment to where everybody works hard enough and understands the assignment that, look, if I go hard and prove that I can play and not mess up in games, then I have a shot. So because of that, he's able to draw the absolute best out of any team. I was telling somebody earlier, we went to no L.A. and beat Phillip Rivers with Devlin Hodges. Think Duck, about it. Duck won. He beat Duck the Chargers won. in a soccer stadium in California. <laughs> so the, <laughs> the environment, DK, yeah. kind of allows you, because the unspoken, like you said, hammer of execution mm-hmm. are hanging over you, that you better go hard. And <laughs> that's why Swalane is there, too. When we come back, the only segment that matters. Hey, mom. Welcome back. Not everybody has perfect timing when they stop into the HQ slash shop downtown here for leaving the Hey Moan entries or, or getting a moan exactly when we're recording. But my man Paul Chick stopped in about, oh, I'd say about an hour ago. And you can see his smiling face over there in the little box that we have to the side. He wanted to leave a Hey Moan here. I'm going to read it out loud here. It says, um, Hey Moan, not coincidentally. <laughs> Ramon, you've mentioned that an offensive line is way more complicated than what meets the eye, i.e. a guy gives up a sack. We all think it's his fault. In reality, there was a breakdown somewhere else in the place. And my question, Moan, when I'm watching the offensive line, give me some basics of what I should watch for. I love this question because there is not one of us, myself included, who isn't either an offensive lineman or an offensive line coach who really knows what the hell's happening down there. Oh, that's good. And this is going to be a tricky answer regardless. But here we go. Look what do we want to see like in general? Not so much on blame. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Like, what, what are we looking for? Is it a push? Is it a, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. All of that happens in the play. You can kind of see that unfold. I'd say this. Look at the way the line is set up. You got your five OL, right tackle, right guard, center, left guard, left tackle. Where's the tight end set up at? Where's the line? Where's the running back set up at, too? That can let you know, all right, strong week as far as if we're going to be front side or weak side pass. And if the tight end's to the right, the running back is usually on the left side of it, okay, unless they're doing a toss to the front side sweep. In protection calls uh, situations, you usually have the tight end. Let's say he's on the right-hand side. The running back's on the left-hand side. That probably means that the right side is a strong side in which they have the zone. The center is going to go with the right guard, right tackle to the front side linebacker for the most part. The left side, the way we did it, is usually one-on-one with the D tackle and the D end with the running back eyeing the linebacker to outside as far as blitz and pressures. I told you. Right it's over a, my head. It's right a over whole my head. lot. There's this is, this is this is why to to make this an abbreviated version of this. 
This is why when a reporter walks into the locker room after the game, you know who they go to to find out what the heck happened in that game? They go right to that one corner. Yeah. Find the offensive lineman, plural. And yeah. we sit there and we interview them one at a time. Moan has watched this. It goes Marquise, yeah. Dave, Moan. Yep. But just work your way, Allie. Work your Allie. way around the room yep. until and then by then I don't even need the quarterback. I don't need anybody else. No. I already found out everything that happened because these are the only people who know. Yeah, and it's so much more to it. And, and most of the offense is usually based on the tight end where they line up or. This is the easier part. If you go empty, meaning there's no tight end, running backs not in the backfield, and then that's five on five or five on six sometimes, depending on where you got to pick up at. You get one and pass off another. Uh, even if you look at our defense, even the, the Steelers' defense, look at the way they set their defense. Y'all ever watch Chase or, or, or Alex? I'm sorry, I keep calling him Chase. Uh, Alex Highsmith or TJ or even Bud or James Harrison, Lamar Woodley. Watch what they do. If a tight end gets off the line of scrimmage and moves to the other side of the ball, they go, they raise up their hands, why off? Because that sets the defense. Us hmm. moving around players, running backs, wide receiver, the defense is dictated off of that too. It's specifically the use of the tight end strong week because if a tight end is right next to a tackle, that's usually the stronger side as far as where the play is designed to go left or right. And the only thing I'll add, Paul, and obviously I'm grossly unqualified compared to Moan, is this. When we're in the press box and you're watching the game live, okay, and you're trying to get a feel, and I think this is what you're asking, like is the offensive line doing well or not? Keep it really simple. Yes. Build a halo around the quarterback mm-hmm. in your head, okay? And say to yourself, who's who's getting there? Who's yeah. not getting there? Who's getting pushed? And this is also something to bear in yeah. mind. Who's getting pushed past the quarterback, which is very much the domain yeah. of the tackles? Uh, they'll sometimes let a guy go by. Yeah. Great. You want to over-pursue? That's the quarterbacks. Yeah. Yep. You want to over-pursue? Go nuts. Our quarterback's going to step up in the pocket on you. Um, there's, there's, there's a lot, obviously, here, but that's the simplest way. Now, Ramon, I have to ask, though, on behalf okay. of Paul, from a run-blocking standpoint, it's a whole lot easier, isn't it? It is, but it's the exact same thing, too, because you got the five guys that just want to work alone, meaning the OL, but then you got to incorporate tight ends. You also got to incorporate wide receivers digging or, or seeking out the front side backer or the safety, like – it, it, it's a simple but very complex game of protecting and running the ball. If I can say run right, run left, student body right, student body left, well, there's still a bunch of moving parts in that. Did mm-hmm. you run one, two, three, four, five steps and mark your linebacker? If your linebacker goes backside, there's probably a guy replacing over the top, replacing over the top. Uh, the tight end, front side, did he get beat? Did his guy slam in and not give me a little assistance as far as the tackle goes to get to the next level? It's a... Uh, like you said, watch the halo effect of everything. Yeah. Most of the times, the tight end is going to take you where you need to go unless you're running a weak side play, in which there is a, probably a front side lead on that. There's, It's so much, I man. just love the fact that you've used the two words tight end probably 10 times in this segment <laughs> because there's so much a bigger part of this than what they people are. realize. And this is the reason that the internally the Steelers' respect for Heath Miller Yes. And players like that is so much higher than it could ever be on the outside because we think of Heath after he catches the pass and everyone goes, Heath. No. 
not not just him, but I I, we, I feel like you respect them just as much. Spath. And now uh, we're also one getting of the best blocking tight ends in the National Football League. And look where we're getting back to right now. You got a pass catcher in Pat, and you also got a run block in Zach Gentry. That's right there. That two tandem should be good for the Steelers. One other thing to throw in just casually on the blitz is never leave the running back out. Never. And also <laughs> from the running back, don't trip the linemen that are trying to block the man. Jeez, oh, here it comes. Give me a sack because you can't <laughs> navigate the linebackers. Let's do another one tomorrow, Moan. Absolutely.